0: Welcome to the Milstead Langdon podcast. Today we're speaking with forensic partner Roger Isaacs about cybercrime. Can you start by explaining who you are and what you do? Yes, my name is Roger Isaacs and I am the forensic partner at Milstead Langdon. In what sort of cases are you instructed? I... I'm instructed as an expert witness in a huge range of cases ranging from divorces shareholder disputes loss of earnings cases to fraud cases. When it comes to fraud cases what sort of cybercrime cases have you come across? Cybercrime is playing an ever greater part of my professional life and I suspect that it um, unfortunately it's becoming a far greater part of many people's lives. In recent years Um, I've started to hear more and more about clients who've been affected uh, by cybercrime. If you look at the headlines that followed the Hatton Garden robberies, you'll see that they were basically a group of fairly old men who had uh, robbed that bank. Nowadays the young generation of robbers don't rob banks. They sit with a laptop and work out how to steal people's money, usually from a great distance away. Uh, with some form of cybercrime hacking into people's uh, computer systems or increasingly using ransomware. I heard about one large company not that long ago where one of the members of the marketing team had clicked on an email, opened an attachment, and suddenly over the course of the day, more and more of their computers stopped working. And I spoke to their head of IT, who'd only been in post for a couple of weeks and she said that it was one of the worst days of her professional life as she watched the company grind to a halt as their data became more and more encrypted by the end of the day she really believed that the company was probably dead in the water they had um some virus uh, antivirus software and they called on their experts who came down and and had a look and said uh, yeah no, you've got weapons grade um, viruses here Um, and they were very impressed and went away to try and write some code to make sure that none of their other clients could be affected but that was of no help to the person in question who went home that evening on a Friday night and thought what do I do so she did what many of us do in those circumstances she poured herself a glass of wine and uh, started thinking about getting out her her CV and then she thought no I won't do that Um, I'll, I'll do the other thing that people do when they're Puzzled about what to do next. She Googled, what do I do when I've been the subject of a cyber attack? And uh, to her uh, surprise, the first thing that came up on Google was the phone number for the National Crime Agency. So without thinking or expecting very much, she, she typed in the number and uh, got an phone message. So she left her name and number and hung up and went back to her Chianti. Ten minutes later, the phone rang. And this voice said, uh, it's the National Crime Agency here. Did you just ring? She said, well, yes, I did. They said, tell, her, tell me what happened. And uh, so she explained. And they said, OK, well, well, we'll send some of the guys over. And she said, what, Monday morning? They said, no, no, no. They're on the way. Um, if you could uh, tell us whether you've got any green space outside the factory. She said, what do I need green space for? And they said, well, to land the helicopter. She said, well, no. And they, she said, well, don't worry. Just wait in the car park. And, and an hour later these two hummers screeched into the car park and out of the first hummer climbed these very large people uh, in camouflage uh, jackets and out of the second hummer climbed a group of people who she described as uh, a lot smaller but with a lot thicker glasses. And they were the, the, the uh, IT experts who went in and it turned out that, that this attack as uh, the NCA had clearly suspected had come from Russia. And it was being treated with great seriousness because the quicker you can get in and investigate uh, these sorts of attacks, the better chance you have of working out where they come from. The problem uh, for the company in question was that although they uh, thought that the cavalry had come to the rescue, the NCA's main interest was finding out who the perpetrators were and not in trying to rescue the company's data. And the problem that this company, like many faced, is how on earth do you make your data secure? It used to be the case that uh, people stored their data on servers and uh, at the end of every day, they got some Office Junior to take a tape out from the server room, pop it in their bag and take it home and put another tape in to do the backup uh, the next day. The problem with that was that people found that in the event that they lost their data, it took a very long time restore the backup from the tapes so people came up with a much more sophisticated version which was to have mirrored servers so at at any time there were two servers both with the same data on them so if one went down the other would seamlessly take over and the problem with that approach is that if you get infected by a virus both your main server and your backup server will be simultaneously infected so i've spoken to a lot of very large organizations which have gone back to buying large magnetic tape machines and they periodically go back to the old steam driven version of putting their data on tapes and putting those tapes in a vault worryingly the latest generation of virus uh, now sits on your server for weeks or even months dormant before it activates in the hope that when it activates it will have infected not only your current data but also any backups you have and there have been some very sophisticated companies perhaps most notably the law firm DLA that was nearly destroyed by a ransomware attack which wiped out a large proportion of its data and many of these companies decide that actually it's worth paying the ransom and the uh, police Uh, departments that deal with cybercrime say that in their experience in about two-thirds of cases if you pay the ransom you will get your data back but in a third of cases you don't and the reason you don't uh, may be because you're dealing with somebody who is uh, dishonestly dishonest rather than honestly dishonest Uh, but also uh, some uh, hackers are very good at infecting data but aren't clever enough to, to clean up the infection and it's just ineptitude that means that they can't deliver even if you pay the ransom but uh, for many they try to promote themselves as being capable of returning the data to you because they say this is our business model uh, if such crimes can be defined as, as business so it's becoming an ever greater problem Um, and uh, affecting more and more of our clients. What advice do you have for clients that are worried about a cyber attack? I think there are a number of things that clients can usefully do. The first and most obvious is to take out cyber insurance and there are a myriad of insurance policies but some are are frankly not worth the paper they're written on so uh, I would advise clients to, to look at the cover they get from their insurance very carefully. Um, the, the second thing they need to do is to train their staff to make sure that they uh, understand that the biggest weakness in any organisation is typically their people. That was a, a, a scam uh, by which several million pounds was stolen from a high street bank after a chap walked into one of the branches and said, hello, I'm from IT. Who's got a problem with the printer? And one of the tellers put her hand up and the chap came round was allowed into the back of the bank and put what's called a keystroke recorder onto her server and then sat in a van outside the branch of the bank uh, recording the keystrokes that were being entered and and stealing vast amounts of money Uh, and the thing i find most impressive about that story is that this chap did actually sort out the problem with the printer Uh, but but the moral of the story is very few of us when walking into a building having been buzzed in by some uh, intercom system and seeing somebody following us into the building will slam the door in the face of the person that follows us we tend to hold the door open for them it, it's in our nature to be polite and and it's that uh, attitude that these criminals rely on and are able to exploit uh, to their own advantage and they are they are fiendishly clever one one uh case i heard about uh, that the, the physical security was so tight that the cyber criminals could not get access to the computers into which they needed to plug a usb stick with some uh, software preloaded onto it so what they did was they got a whole load of usb sticks printed with the company's logo and scattered them on the floor of the car park and just waited for a member of staff to pick up one of these usb sticks and plug it into a machine and sure enough they didn't have to wait very long so staff training is the second thing that is uh, vitally important. The third thing is to make sure that you have a plan. Um, To have a plan and to test that plan. And part of that plan should be to include giving somebody the role of logging what you've done and when you've done it. Because especially in cases where you think there may have been a data breach, that data may have been uh, taken and, and could be dispersed to third parties or published. It's really important that you're able to explain what you did and why you did it. So as part of your plan it is really important to have somebody whose sole job it is to keep notes as these sorts of crises uh, develop. And and, uh, as I say just having the plan isn't good enough. Uh, It needs to be tested and it needs to be tested regularly and the final bit of advice i think is to give some thought to how you're going to communicate uh, with your staff i heard uh, about a case where a firm had been brought down by a cyber attack and the staff uh, were all sent home and the first thing they did was to type on facebook and twitter hey we've got the afternoon off let's enjoy the sunshine the firms had a cyber attack and word got out like wildfire So being prepared and thinking, how are you going to communicate with your staff if they're in several offices, if they're geographically spread, and if you no longer have access to email is really, really important. I think uh, the the final point I would make is that uh, the rate of growth of cyber attacks is so great, that for many clients, it's not about whether they'll be attacked, but when and how quickly will they be able to recover.